What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Tree Climbers Podcast. This is the first one of 2023. Uh, this episode is with Chainsaw Meg, as you read in the title. Um, if you don't follow her on Instagram, then you're definitely missing out. She runs Upward Training. And with that, you know, if you're a company, tree company, listen to this. Give her, you know, hit her up on Instagram. Get her out there with you. She's putting on all kinds of trainings. She's speaking at TCIA events. Um, but yeah, this episode is basically just shooting a shit with Meg and getting to know her and learning about how she got into the industry and other things she does like rock climbing and, uh, you know, when she got in like with chainsaws and stuff, like hence the name Chainsaw Meg, uh, I guess. But Meg's really cool. So hope you enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you afterwards. So Meg, what is up? It's gone on Levi, living the dream, you know, every day. Yeah, every every single day. So, firstly, you said that you had a class today. I what did. Was, yeah. What was the class about? So I'm a TCA qualified trainer, um, and they have these uh, virtual classes, so webinar based classes that they offer through the Susan Hartward grant. Uh, mm-hmm. for free at no cost to the students. So um, they offered like X amount per quarter. And my class today was a like a three hour chainsaw operator cl- course through their curriculum. So that's what I had going on today. I was just uh, had a bunch of students on that were interested in getting their qualification um, on basic, it's kind of just runs through basic chainsaw maintenance, like sharpening bar maintenance, components, safety features, inspection, and then uh, like proper use and handling and starting limbing bucking etc oh that's awesome did, did you do one like a few weeks ago i seen jonathan was posted a bunch of stuff about i think you were you were the lead instructor to it yeah no that was a lot of fun it was awesome having john in there he had he's a ball of energy and just offers a lot to any session right like because he's just he's a lot of fun and when you're doing webinar based stuff which is you know it has its place but for people like us that are arborists in the tree care industry the whole reason we're in this industry is because we don't like sitting behind a computer so we right. get students in there that it's like make they ask questions and they're engaged and it makes it a lot more fun and, and palpable or uh palatable i think yeah. is the word i'm looking for palatable. it sounds right i don't, I don't <laughs> fucking know dude <laughs> that i'm just trying to make myself sound smart don't worry about no, it, it sounds it. really smart i think you're smart you sound smart <laughs> to me i'm just like yeah yep oh dude by the way uh i i literally have your brochure from the show here right now i just looked up i forgot it was sitting right there till just right now i just picked it up the upward training so first let's back up i'm i'm fucking add so like i bounce all over the place great me too try to like keep me in line here for a bit but okay let's let's start with how did you get into the tree world and tree climbing specifically like let's go with that let's start with that yeah. So, I mean, I was just really bad at school. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> Aren't we all? Like, let, let me put it. I don't think I've actually ever told this story. I, I've done a lot of podcasts and I speak in front of a lot of people as, a, as an instructor. And I, this is like one of the most common questions. And I have like kind of my canned speech and right, I'm right. kind of just tired of that canned speech. So I don't think I've ever actually told this legitimate story. Um, Go, oh, but, we're going to yeah. hear it here first. <laughs> yeah. I you, love it. <laughs> You get the rights to it. There you go. Oh, uh, you heard it first on Levi's. Oh, yeah. So, 
I was never a good student and there I was like freshman year and like put things in perspective for how uncool I was as a child. Mm-hmm. Like I was eating my lunch in the bathroom stall. Like that's, that's the shit you see in TV. Right. I was that big of a loser. Right. Oh, so, you're like a nerd ass dude. Oh yeah. Like, oh, damn. But, but, even, but, but here's the thing. It's like, <laughs> even the nerds had their little subset of a group where right, they could right. like, together i was just nomadic where like i know yeah you were like homeless level nerd (laughs) (laughs) i was like that kid that's like super depressed and like everyone's kind of like low-key worried about like "Mm, i don't know about that one (laughs) right (laughs) so there i was right like not doing well and like failing all my classes not adjusting growing up in like this small rural town in new hampshire where my outlooks are not great and Mm -hmm. like but I was really good at gaming and video games and computer-based stuff. So <laughs> like the freaking Ocean's Eleven planning that went into this was like phenomenal, right? So there I was, I get like my report card. I didn't do well the semester, the quarter before my parents were not pleased with me. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then what they would do is they would print out your report cards on different like special color paper. So like I snuck into <laughs> the freaking like principal's office stole the color paper that they were issuing them nice for that around and then i literally just copied the format of the report card in like a word document etc and and altered it so it was like carbon copy and just changed all my grades but it's not like i went in there either and gave myself all a's because that would be suspicious right smart 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 (laughs) so I like I had a few C minuses, you know, places of improvement, like right, where right, I needed right. to improve. And I had some like B minuses and I gave myself like one A and something that would be like logical, right? Mm-hmm. So my parents were like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Like you're doing better. Look at you. And this went on for like until the end of the year to the point where <laughs> I was actually like. Oh, so they it. bought this shit? They bought oh, it? Oh, yeah. No, they like signed it. And oh, I dude, it that's, back. Like, that's awesome. You would like to <laughs> some next level shit, like getting the paper and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. But then I started my own little freaking side hustle, which is what got me caught because kids were coming. Like I told a few people and then they started coming up to me and then I was doing it for other people and like selling it. Oh, <laughs> nice, dude. That's dude. That's capitalism. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, you know, right. I was like, I'm not good at school, but like, hey, I can still turn a profit. Right, right. So needless to say, I got in like, I got ratted out by one of the people I sold it to um, mm-hmm. I busted some kneecaps and then like I got a bunch of attention, almost got like expelled. <laughs> and my yeah. guidance counselor, like this is where I start the story where I'm like to everyone else, like my story is like guidance counselor pulled me into the office and like, Meg, we're really worried about you. Right, right, um, right. They didn't know about your hustle fucking <laughs> slinging report cards and shit. That's, no. that's good, dude. That's fucking awesome. I wasn't smart enough to do anything like that. I literally would just been like, I on the ride, bus ride home, I'd like throw my shit away and be like, oh, I don't know, mom. They never sent me home with anything. <laughs> and like make her go through like all the whole ringer of like getting one like mailed directly to her. It was fucked. Yeah, no, they, they weren't that coordinated in, you know, Hudson, New Hampshire. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then at that point, you know, obviously there was the school got together with my parents and they were like, we need to do something. So like, let's look at different, different curriculum for, mm-hmm. um, and they had this whole other side of the school, which is a vocational program. So they had things like horticulture that are like a fully functioning bank and child care center and a nursing option where they had the like, elderly come in for half the day 
And then there was also this hundred acre woodlot with the forestry program where they had their own like working skitter and logging operations, forest management, boar culture, climbing, like timber sports. Right. And there were so that yeah. And they were like, well, you can they kind of said it as a joke. They were just like, Yeah, well, you can take like quarter culture or something. And they kind of laugh and they're like, or you can play in the chainsaw in the woods for half the day. And I was like, sign me up. Let's right, go. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it just turned out I was really freaking good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my introduction. I started climbing trees at chainsaws when I was 14. Oh, that's fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. That's like one of my favorite things about like just every climber's story is mm. it's never this like cut and dry, like, yep, you know, like went and looked for a job, got one. It's always like some crazy fucking story. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's always different. It's always like a series of events, like led you to this life. And it's like, those are the ones really, I feel like the ones who like found, like looking for a job and just came across like, okay, tree work or whatever. I don't feel like they stick around. I feel like it's the ones that like found it in a special way. Those are the ones who really, really stay around. So that's, that's awesome to hear. No, I agree totally. hundred percent. It's not for everyone, but I think the people that find it and it's almost like they're way out of something. Those are like the souls that really appreciate and and dive into it head first and, and enjoy and love it. Exactly. And it's like, dude, you don't start doing this career for the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not out there. Like, I mean, like, granted, later in the future, you can turn it to whatever you want. Sure. But like in the beginning, that's not why you do this job. And I think that's like so prevalent in today's like you know I, i've met a lot of people over the years who start doing like tree work and stuff and their first thing is like oh like this is hard i should be paid more money and i'm like yeah i agree with you but that's just that's just Great. not reality like it's like you gotta love it you have to you have to love this shit you know yeah man you gotta embrace the suck for sure otherwise it's gonna chew you up and spit you out and you're just gonna be miserable and not want to do it Oh, I tell you, my favorite thing to tell to to new guys, you know, because they throughout my whole career, you get the new guy comes in, and uh, for the first like two weeks, they're fucking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like they try their hardest, they're trying to make an impression or whatever, and everybody starts speaking well, and I'm like, man, they're really doing good. I'm always like, just wait till that third Monday comes around, <laughs> you know, wait till that, wait till they have that two day weekend and they got to wake up early 6am that third Monday and their body's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing to always tell them, I, I would always tell them like, it only gets harder. Like it only gets just trying to like, you know, test their boundaries, see if they really like this shit or yeah. not, because it's true. I mean, it does get harder. <laughs> it, it is only going to get harder before it gets easier, you know? Absolutely. And then you're going to freaking bust up your first roof or your fence or whatever. And like, hold on, hold your thought. I just had a fucking malfunction. My headphones just got fucked. One second. Take your time. Okay. Repeat what you said. Sorry. Oh yeah. You said it only gets harder. And I was like, yeah, like then they're going to start climbing and they're going to start making their first like real big mistake where they damage something or they have that like moment of like, I think I just should have died and I didn't. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, ah, oh man. So, like, you got upward, tra- you, you you own upward training, right? Yep. So, tell me about that. Tell me how you got into, like, training. Like, let me say something first. Like, yeah. the, wor- the world of training, it is so, it's so necessary. It's been, mm-hmm. like, it's been, it's actually, like, something that I'm starting to shift more into my 
into my career and obviously I'm still pumping production, but it's more so like, I, I just feel, I feel such a, a deep sense of satisfaction and training people, especially new climbers. That, that seems to be like yeah. what I really, I really enjoy. I, I like somebody who's never been above 20 feet before. Like there's just something so satisfying to like see them overcome that. Um, so I really respect what I'm trying to say in my ADD way is I really <laughs> respect what you're doing with your, your, your company that you're running. So anyways, tell, tell me about upwards training. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of everything you just said. I love tree work, but I love training, right. being able to work with people and like new climbers, especially are fantastic to work with or even old climber, not old climbers, but like seasoned climbers, I should say, that, you know, are pretty set in their ways and feel like they're probably either stagnant or, or at their prime, if you will. And being able to just like come in and show them if you, like some stuff and really open up their eyes to the different ways they can utilize different things. And those light bulb moments and the aha mm -hmm. moments, man, I freaking live for that. Right. It's just, it's brilliant. And anytime I go and do a training, it doesn't matter how much sleep I got. It doesn't matter what kind of day I was having or week I was having when I leave. It's like, it feels like I'm almost on this natural high of just like, you're just buzzing of like all this, but all this stuff that happened, how great it was, the people, like how you interact with the people, their stories and the connections that you made. There's mm -hmm. honestly just nothing like it. It almost feels selfish to a point because everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's really amazing what you do. But I'm like, man, you have no idea what it's like on my end to be able to go and do that stuff and how like it's intoxicating. Right. Uh, dude. So like what, what really drives me is um, whenever I, I'm teaching, I feel, I think this is one of the reason I like just for my personal journey of why I feel so passionate about it. Cause I come from a very like small rural town in West Virginia mm -hmm. and that's how I got into the tree world. And it's filled with uh tree goes sp specifically like, everybody there is the best fucking tree person to ever live and there ain't but never been anybody better than them and they don't know shit like at the end of the day they don't fucking know anything yeah and so like to get not only like taught the correct way but being taught at all is almost out of the question you get basically taught yeah. the bare minimum because it's threatening to their job position that maybe you would get better than they are or like expose some of their weak points and so it took me a long time in the beginning of my career to really realize I didn't fucking know shit. And <laughs> the the level of like grind that I had to go through, not only to get out of that, like I had no idea the world of trees like I know it today existed mm -hmm. beyond my little scope and my little small town of like tree people. And then right. I started really seeking that knowledge and like searching for that. And of course, I stumbled upon the entire world of what arboriculture really, really is. And I just remember I, I would be so frustrated because when I when I learn things, I have to do it. I, I just this is something I feel I feel like I have to do it a thousand times before I get it right. You know, it might mm -hmm. take somebody else way less. But to me, like if I if way back when when I was learning to tie like the run and bow line, I had to tie that thing like a thousand times to really get that to stick. Like I really wanted to grind with that. And it was like, I don't know. I just felt like if there was somebody who just saw me and like saw the grind that I was going through, if they would have just offered an inkling of help, like 
let me teach you how to do it easier or this way. I would have been, I'd be so much farther. So I want to teach people to do that, like straight out of the gate. So they're already years ahead of where I was. I, that's why I like feel so passionate about that. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's that right there. I can picture like younger me struggling for years and years. It's like, yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, there's some programs out there that's, that have that like same I, ideology and vision. Like Nats has like a, a week long boot camp, Arborist boot camp, um, Academy Train does like a three day boot camp. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want kind of want to like pick that up and and run and, and offer something very similar, right? Because everything you just said is 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 something that every person I'd say almost every person in this industry feels. Yeah. Is that if only we had the proper training, the proper tools from the get-go to at least give us that base of knowledge and that foundation to build off of instead of having to like struggle through YouTube videos and some of them are crap and some of them are good and you don't know which because you don't know what you don't know. Right. But just like cram like three years worth of knowledge into like a set a five, seven day class where it's like 13 hour days of just cramming knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be freaking fantastic. That'd be sick. I'd be sick as fuck. And like hell yeah. So like and also on the opposite side of that, like um it's hard, right? It's hard to justify not only to like even like in touch companies right to to justify setting aside time for training because that cuts into productivity at the end of the day it cuts into the numbers but what Mm -hmm. these companies aren't seeing is like the longevity of their company and the investment that they're making by setting a right path forward they're going to make more money like if money's the issue then they're going to make more money in the long run um for multiple reasons like your climbers are now going to be more productive they're going to probably be climbers for a lot longer than they would if they just beat the crap out of their bodies. And also like injury rates and like, Mm -hmm. God forbid, a fatality is going to be way less likely, which that's way less on your insurance, workers comp, all that shit. So like in the long run, it's going to, it's going to save money, make money. It's just the way to go. And I wish companies would just realize that like, I, for sure. Like it, it's so frustrating. And like, this is going to sound really harsh, but like having worked for big companies, small companies alike, and and like multi-billion dollar companies, here's the cold hard truth is that fatalities cost a lot less than injuries. Yeah. So like if some, you know, the company, there's large companies out there that pretty much just pray that when they hear about an accident, they're like, well, we hope this person dies because if they don't, we're pretty much going under. That makes and sense. <laughs> Yeah, right. When you're talking about medical fees and lawyers and and, and being being charged workman's comp, like it's it gets outrageous really really quickly. So injuries just add up, and it's so frustrating about companies is they're looking for that immediate monetary return on investment that is visible and tangible, but they're not looking at long term ROI. And right. it's like if you can if you can prevent one injury over the course of the year, just one you've already made your money back tenfold because the average injury, depending on the company can be, it's like, I think like 30 or $40,000 between insurance, et cetera. Um, so it's astronomical and like, and it's companies don't want to look at that because you can't, it's not tangible, right? You, you can't come back and say, Oh, well, we prevented X amount of injuries. You can go year over year and say, well, you know, accidents, reportable uh, OSHA recordables went down by X amount of percent. But for smaller companies, that's usually not even right information that they have. Mm-hmm. So coming in and making pitches of saying like, hey, you should pay me 
two, three thousand dollars to come out for a week. And then also you're going to have time off work for the guys. They're like, hell no, we can't afford that. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Right. Because then like like we were just talking about before you get so passionate about it. It's like mm -hmm. you love it. And like I know you probably run into this as well. But sometimes like I contract climb all the time mm -hmm. and I'm to a point now where like I work with some of my best friends most of the time. So when it's like <laughs> time to get paid, sometimes I forget, right? Because it's like, yeah. oh fuck, I forgot that like I do this to pay bills. You know what I mean? Because yeah, exactly. like I'm just I'm having fun with it. So it's like I can imagine you probably run into that with with training and stuff as well, to where it's like you, you feel bad to where like they can't afford to have you do it. And then you're it's like that weird, you know what I mean? Because you want to yeah. provide that service, but if they can't afford it, they can't afford it. You know, your lights aren't going to, your light bill isn't going to pay itself. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard because like I, there's such a need for it. So like you want to be able to go and, and train everywhere and, and help and, and do, and do your best. Right. And to try to make an impact and make a change and move the needle in the right direction. Um, it, yeah. I mean, I have definitely, especially early being that I'm early into owning my own business within this and I'm kind of just, you know, learning everything through trial and error there's been like times where i've just like yeah man i'm in the area i'll come and do a day for free right <laughs> i mean and i'm saying that on a podcast right now and everyone's gonna be like hey can i be that person but um <laughs> yeah. everybody's gonna be looking for handouts be like oh man i'm so <laughs> <Yeah>. broke <laughs> but it, it is like when you love what you do it's it's hard not to mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like now i'm gonna put like my tinfoil hat on so yeah, I'm in. <laughs> just a little like background of like before I contract climb, I, I ran my own tree service for like three or four years um, back home as a very small tree service. We we're very niche. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I always feel that there's this like great divide between cl climbers, trainers, and in general between tree businesses as a whole. And mm -hmm. I, I, the way I see it is not all tree businesses, but I think that the majority of tree businesses are the bottleneck as far as progression in our industry. This is my tinfoil hat speech about this. <laughs> I've sat like really angry some nights and thought about this because it, <laughs> it all comes back to money. Like at the end of the day, it's about money and who is the money machines it's it's the tree businesses and like who funds these big organizations that are you know in charge of us like tcia or the isa it's the tree businesses mm -hmm. like none of this would exist without the tree business so like the businesses that we're trying to serve and like we're out uh doing trainings and competing and like trying to better ourselves as climbers are also like the things that are holding us back and I don't know. It's this weird catch 22 chicken and egg thing. Like, where does it stop? You know, what do we do about it? Yeah. And how do we progress more? This is the type of shit that keeps me up at night. You know, <laughs> and it's like, I have this example that it's frustrating from, from all aspects. And I think like, as I think your position, my position, et cetera, we're, we're, we have this interesting in-between where we're not quite, we are field employees. We do go in the field, but we're also like in the realm and tiptoeing and, and some like corporate things and like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. So you're kind of seeing it from both lenses and having worked closely with larger companies and for larger companies, 
and done both, you kind of have that interesting dichotomy of like something that seems like such an easy fix or bottleneck in the field. Right. And you're like, why, why don't you just do this? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you get up and you get the other perspective and you're like, oh man, I had no idea it ran that deep or like the, the work and the nuances that went into all the decision-making and allocation of funds and, and, you know, workforce, et cetera. And you're like, oh man, I don't know what the answer is anymore. And like, so for, like, for instance, right. I was working at Husqvarna, North America, and they launched their 550 XP ProSaw, uh, mm-hmm. the first version of it. And it had a variety of issues, but the main issue was the air filter um, connection point was plastic mm-hmm. on plastic. So there was ingestion occurring um, and debris coming through that connection point because it didn't have a good seal on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the easy fix, because saws are blowing up left and right. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a variety of issues within the, the lower, uh, the lower crank or just the lower portion in the crank case. Uh, but the main issue was that air filter, right? So I'm standing up in front of dealers and they're like, listen, like we have all this backlog. So we have all these saws that are waiting for warranty and, and going through all that process. They're like, all we had to do was put a little silicon around the air filter, put it back on and then bam, problem solved. If I can figure that out and I'm just a tree guy, how come, you know, global product uh, project managers and engineers over in Sweden can't. Right. And I was like, well, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> so I go yeah. up and like, I kind of, I reached out to like our North American project managers, like, yeah, we're aware of the issue, working through it, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of, I, I was happened to be over in Sweden to do um that there was some like event going on. I got, I went to global headquarters and I was talking to some of the engineers and the global product managers over there. And they're like, yeah, Meg, I know, like obviously easy fix. Here's the thing is that we did that. Like we added a rubber grommet to it and it fixed the problem. But by adding that fraction of an ounce to the rear end of the saw on the air filter, it changed the entire, threw off the weight of the saw and the components and messed with the gyroscopic forces so much that we couldn't release that as a fix. And we are now literally rebuilding the entire 550 platform from the ground up and spending multiple millions of dollars to do so and relaunch, mm-hmm. which is where we have the 550 Mark II now. Yeah, the Mark II, yep. And and I was just like, and they went further into depth about it. And it was just this kind of crazy moment where I was like, holy crap, like mm-hmm. everything that went into that, but like able to see it from both perspectives. I'm like, that's really, it's interesting. At the very right. least, I don't know what is right or wrong, but I know that it's really interesting to have like both of those perspectives. And I think that that's, a a lot of the time is that there's not enough visibility in our industry to really understand what's going on in the corporate world Mm -hmm. and how it trickles down into the field level and like those two realms like the field level and the corporate level just don't play together and none of the information seems to get to each other (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't agree more it's it always comes back to a communications issue like something wasn't said or you know because if if nothing is communicated and something is like left to ponder in whoever's yeah. mind, it's going to look nefarious, whether it's yeah, nefarious or not. But sometimes it is nefarious. It's straight up nefarious. Sure. But that is automatically what's assumed because when you're passionate about something and you take it very seriously and it's not just a, a day job, this is like your lifestyle and you feel like you're being stumped out by something and you find yeah. what's stumping you out. 
you're going to think it's nefariousness. You know, they might not care about you directly. You know, they might not care about sure. Levi Woodall, you know, like sitting sure. right here in his chair, but like it's it feels like a slight in the face against climbers in general. And I feel, you know, like just using me as an example, like as a climber, whoever might feel like they represent what it means to be a climber. And then they, you know, absolutely. It just goes back to that. It's always a lack of communication. If they were, you know, like let's take um for example, like the the Nexus swivel ordeal that just happened with mm-hmm. DMM, the, they were uh, so the the one of the Nexus swivels that that failed. Um, I actually know the well, I don't know him, know him, but I I know of him, and I knew the situation kind of before it presented itself, and how DMM approached it was very corporate. But then it, they immediately fixed that. And they're like, no, this is wrong. Like, we need to recall the swivels. Like, that's what needs to happen. That was great. That was very transparent. They spoke up mm-hmm. about it. Um, now, on the other side of that, like speaking to corporations that kind of dropped the ball, was Notch with the Rope Runner Pro ordeal. That was handled very wrongly. So it just seems nefarious, <laughs> you know, and especially I was part of that, right? I have one of the Rope Runner Pros that failed and I have all the emails mm-hmm. to, to, if anybody listening to this wants to see my emails back and forth between Notch, I got them <laughs> and I was very cordial with them. I was like one of the biggest advocates for the Rope Runner Pro when it first came out. And I love, I still mm-hmm. love the device. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, but my spring did fail and luckily I had my lanyard mm-hmm. on what had happened and I sent them the whole story Damn. of whatever happened. And they basically told me to go fuck myself. And I was like, Damn. yeah, I mean, like they didn't say that, but they were just like, yeah, well, we don't believe you. And I'm like, bro, my, I have like serial number 189. It falls in direct correlation with your recall. And they said, it's not a recall. It's a safety notice. So then they got into like you know, the technical jargon and shit. I'm like, bro, you're going to have somebody fall out of a tree and die with this thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm just giving you heads up. I could care less. Don't replace it. Just be like, thank you. Something like, just know I can't like advocate for your product anymore. Like, this is like, exactly. Like, I think I fixed it. I just like want to be, let you know, like this happened. It was just handled so weirdly, man. I just, I don't know. And we're such a small industry, right? Like the tree industry is such a, such a tiny little speck on the world as a whole and it's like man i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i, I told you no. you gotta keep me on track i will go yeah. off on like a mile long tangent <laughs> rabbit holes are my kryptonite i see a rabbit hole i'm like well, let's go you gotta dive right in. in it man yeah <laughs> But you know, like that, that kind of stuff, it definitely is disheartening, right? When you're trying so hard and you're trying to make a footprint and, and you're not even looking for anything in return, you're just, you're just looking to be heard. Right. Right. And that's something our, our industry specifically is so freaking bad at. We are like, there's so much, and I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it, but there's just so much ego and like toxic masculinity of like, nah, it let that like it people. We just don't know how to even be kind to people. Like, right. do you know how much I think more individuals we would have coming into this industry if we just got rid of that bullshit mentality of like, well, when I started in this industry 20 years ago, I had to do it this way. So I'm going to make you suffer. You're not going to learn anything. I fucking hate the hard that. way. I, oh, hate I can't that. stand it. Yep. It's the, it's literally the <laughs> worst way to think about it, dude. Honestly, I feel like if there was like some kind of whole ran 
on on fatalities in our industry specifically i would almost guarantee that that the majority of them it would come back to a not a well, they they say complacency but i think it has to do a lot with ego i mm-hmm. think ego will absolutely get you killed faster than anything in this industry like you you're stepping out of your comfort zone that's cool but doing something because like you don't like you think you know better like type thing 100% uh, dude like it'll kill you and don't get me wrong way early in my career that's how i was like Same. i was like that man like i didn't want to like fuck you old man don't tell me you know what i mean like tight tight mindset but then i quickly learned after like type of shit again that keeps me up and i like thinking back to old things and things i've been through in trees over the years it's like i should be dead like yeah, oh, yeah. there's been there's by the grace of god i'm still alive and it's like it's very humbling you know, looking back on, you start to realize, oh, I don't really know anything, you know, <laughs> and yeah. it kind of breaks you down. Then you're open to learn, you know? Well, it's that Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Right. Like, they, you have, and like, look it up, like, this is not my theory, this is stolen, right? It's, mm-hmm. um, you have the conscious, unconsciously incompetent. So, you, like, you don't know that you're dumb. Great. That's like if, if I could exist there, that'd be freaking great. So, and I, and I say dumb loosely, like more um, satire. But you don't know what you don't know, right? You you, you don't even know how how bad you are to, at it because you haven't been even exposed to what good looks like. Right. And then you have the consciously incompetent. So now you kind of know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You're, you've seen someone really freaking good, and you're like, oh man, like I thought i was way better and like now i see this and it's opened my eyes to this whole new world and that's typically where the crash comes where you feel really bad about yourself and you hit that trough you came from the top of mount stupid and you went down into the the depths of hell and you're like man i don't know anything and then that opens up the opportunity for where either people either stay there and they're like whatever screw this or they're like i want to learn now i know what i don't know and i want to get there and then you start crawling back up that hill to uh unconsciously competent so you don't, at that point like you're learning and you're kind of down yourself you're like oh man i still have so much to learn but in reality you're actually pretty good and then right. you get to the pinnacle which is consciously competent like yeah i know that I, that I could still progress but i know that i am very competent in these areas right exactly um but most people are living in our industry at in, unconsciously incompetent mm-hmm. no, which I they just, just have no idea Totally agree, man. And like on the basis of that, a little bit smaller um, scale. But I remember uh, early on before I really, like I was talking about before I really got introduced to the world of what the tree world even was in my small little town, like getting to a point where I'd like climb through the ranks of the business that I was working for in my town. And I thought I was the shit, dude. I was like, <laughs> there's no one that can touch oh, me yeah. around like i'm the fucking i am him you know what i mean like walking around <laughs> with my chest out and shit and then i remember um <laughs> uh like seeing like and getting inklings of like people doing recreational climbing years ago i thought that that was wild mm-hmm. i'm like wow what a concept you know and then <laughs> and then i i went and volunteered at some competitions and i quickly realized that i was i wasn't shit i wasn't fucking anything and like it was so humbling it was so humbling and it like kept me up i remember and like i had like ego death i was like man there's and and it was like a refreshing ego death right it was like a um 
I have more I can work towards, you know, because mm-hmm. like who the hell wants to feel like they're the best? You know what I mean? No. Who wants to fucking feel like that? What a boring existence if you think that you're topped out and something. Yeah. That's the best part about this industry is you will never know it all ever. Like no matter what, no matter, you could live three lifetimes. You're not going to know how to do it. Everything. It's like, it's changing every day. We're working with organic structures, like Mm -hmm. everything. You'll never know it all. And whatever avenue you choose, that's what's so exciting about it is there's so much more to learn all the time, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. I've been saying that a lot. hundred percent. I stopped saying hundred percent, but yeah, I totally (laughs) agree. And it's like for the, for the people that, like I've been victim, not victim, but like, I've definitely had the mentality where, you know, I felt like I was pretty freaking cool where I was at that time. And I just really hadn't been exposed to enough to know that I wasn't that cool at all, or didn't know shit about shit. Mm -hmm. Um, But like people get stuck in that mentality and it's just like a dog chasing their tail because it's like, it's, you're so stagnant. You're not learning anything new. You're not progressing. and, And all you're worried about is to maintain your title of feeling the best. And you're watching other people progress and you're just worried because you're stagnant. And you're like, Oh man, this person's eventually going to like reach my level. And then what? Right. And it's just this like such as toxic cycle of chasing your tail. It just doesn't win. Yeah. And it's so fragile as well. It's it's like not super fragile foundation. (laughs) You know, it's like that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like that type of thing, like that gets you killed. Right. Because it's like the slightest thing can shatter your foundation and the image that you thought that you were the best. And like, then you're going to go do something fucking rash to try to reclaim this unobtainable, like God complex that you have. And then you're dead, you know, (laughs) you know, that's, I think that's, that's a, that's a really good point. That's uh, man. I was out last week and I was a contract climbing last week out in Asheville, North Carolina Mm -hmm. and um, pulled up on it was a pretty big job. There was two climbers and I got this, a few pruning jobs in the driveway and I was like, all right, cool. And like, I'm setting my line and I shot to like what I thought was a really good tie in. Um, and it's the middle of winter here. So all, all the foliage is off the trees and, you know, I did an inspection around the base and I could tell the trees definitely declining and it had some heart rot, but I wasn't overly concerned with the structural support on it. Right. So I was, I was like, cool, cool you know, going about my business, start setting my line. And I start like pulling on my line and just the way that the crown was moving, you know, it started to make, it made me uneasy. I was like, I don't like the way that's moving. I'll take like, I'm concerned about, you know, at this point starting to get concerned and I'm like, oh, all right. So I get a second person and we sit on it and I'm like, man, I really don't like it, but like, I think it should be suitable enough for at least me to get up there and then put like my friction saver around something. I mean, it's a little bit better to work right. off of. And like, it's good. I have a point here. So stay with me. Nah, so, I'm here, dude. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go like five, 10 feet off the ground and just kind of see how it's moving as I, you know, progress up and, and just take a look at it. And I get like five or 10 feet and I sit down and I hear it start popping. Ooh. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, yo, and like <laughs> immediately just like zip down to the ground. Right. And after, you know, I reset my tie-in, et cetera, I went lower around uh, a better, thicker stem, et cetera, and mm-hmm. got up into the tree. But I was sitting there and I was like thinking about it after. And after inspecting the tree, I realized I was in retrenchment. So like I was in the top of the canopy and we didn't know that that tree was in retrenchment and it was not good. Like, thank uh, God I came back down to the, the ground because I don't think it would have. Right. Yeah. And I was sitting there, I was thinking about it in hindsight. I'm like, man, if 
like what would I, what would like 10 years ago Meg have done in that situation if they if I was contract climbing and I felt the pressure of like production production get it done yes. like just shove it down and just go up there like all you need to do is like it can hold you you're just going up there and you're going around something better don't worry about it I'm like that could have easily been a fatality or a serious injury or something catastrophic happening and like how would I've handled that years ago where I didn't have the confidence that I do today to to come back down to the ground to look at the owner of the company in the eyes and say I'm sorry, but that just wasn't suitable. I have to pull everything and reshoot and take another X amount of time. You know, that's that can be pretty embarrassing if you're not confident enough to like really back it up and explain yourself and and be confident in the decision that you made. Exactly. And a lot of people, especially if you know they don't work specifically for the company and they're being paid to be out there, mm-hmm. which I feel like it made me kind of really reflect on like how would other people deal with this? Like if I felt the urge, even as I was sitting there like ten feet off the ground, to like. Man, you need to get it done. You need to get in the tree. We had some throughline blues earlier before this. Like you need to get in the tree. Like mm. it could have gone really bad. And it just, I don't know, man, gets you thinking of the decision-making process and how other people are faced the same thing on a day-to-day and maybe don't feel as comfortable or confident to make those judgment calls or don't even know to make those judgment calls. And, you know, that's why we're sitting around number one for the most deadly, you know, jobs in our country deaths per capita. Yeah. That's uh, that's wisdom, man. Wisdom. It's like that comes with time, but the hard part is, is you gotta live, live to get wisdom. You gotta live through it. You gotta live through your mistakes and shit. That's like that. Oh, for sure. A great example of like you came to the ground and <laughs> reset your tie-in instead of fucking getting dead. You know, it's like don't, don't get dead. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, North Carolina, that's, that's like where you're based, right? Like you're, you're straight out of North Carolina, right? Yeah. I'm based out of Charlotte. Oh, perfect. Well, dude, that's, uh, that's so are you, are you, you're, are you competing in the Southern this year? That's the plan. Um, so my company is, excuse me. Um, my company is running the, the tree demo area. So, mm-hmm. uh, the climbers corner. So we're putting yeah. up a tree for the conference right after the comp. So upward training is doing like, I think it's like 10 or 12 sessions there. And then um, I'm going to try to compete again at Southern. It'll be like my second comp. (laughs) I volunteered at quite a few, but I just started competing. So I'm going to start practicing and good. um, That's what I, that's (laughs) what I want to hear. Get in the comps, man. We got freaking speaking of Zach. So I know Zach's listening to this right now. So I'm going to bust on him for a second. (laughs) Uh, this dude this dude he was talking because he's he's i guess he's he's going to be down there um but then he's like yeah i'm going to compete listen dude i've been trying to convince this guy for two years to compete and he's always got some fucking excuse of oh i can't do it because i'm too old or whatever like he's just scared he's not gonna win he's fucking scared right (laughs) so i was like all right bro like you're competing at southern so like southern registration opened um uh-huh. uh shout out to benasaro by the way he like sent me this he's like yo are you competing at southern and i was like he sent me like the link and i was like uh i might be but i know who needs this link more than i do so i send it i send it to zach and i'm like dude registration's open man what's up he's like oh cool thanks next day i was like did you register yet he's like oh not yet I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm like, dude, you better get in there. It's going to like the spots are going to fill. Well, needless to say, he's registered to compete now, but 
it, it was a push. I'm very excited for him to experience this and I'm hoping to be down there to see it in person. So I can, I can bust on him why he's going through the paces and getting humbled in a competition. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you, dude. All right. So while you were having that conversation with them, I was also, uh, um, he's helping me and training with me at the, the tree demo area and I'm helping him and training with him in the Ohio tree demo area. Mm-hmm. So like we, we were in communication quite a bit. I'm like, dude, if you're, if you're going to be here already for Southern, like you're competing, I'm right. sorry, but that's like right, that's right. a stipulation that I'm paying you to be here. You're going to compete. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, he gave me the same bullshit runner. Oh, well, I don't know. You know, we were competing. And I'm like, cool. Like, here's the, like, <laughs> like here's the book and rule book. Like it. And then, you know, him and I, we just, we're true people, right? So we're just naturally shitting on each other. Right, right, that's right. how we express friendship. Of course. Um, <laughs> by just tearing each other down. Yes. So uh, he was just like, he's like, well, like, you know, what's it like? This and everything. And like, you know, I, I won't win because naturally we all do. And I'm like, bro, you're not going to win. Like, yeah, you're not going to win. Chapter. Get that shit out of your head. Right <laughs> like, <now>. Zach, Zach, <laughs> you, like, we've had this conversation, but bro, if you're listening to this right fucking now, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. <laughs> Just go ahead and cry. Whatever you got to do, you're going to get fucking dunked on. Like, there's people that train their lives for this shit. Like, you're not yeah. going to win. And you're then, like, start. I started, like, laughing. I'm like, dude, you're not even going to make masters. I'm like, you're yeah. not even going to be close to making nope. masters. I'm, no. I'm like, Lily's going to beat your ass. Yeah, no. Lily's <laughs> speaking of Lily, everyone's ass. Lily's fucking really good. I competed in Southern this last She's year. And she was in my fucking group. And she blew me away, dude. Like, yeah, she dude. was fucking, she was killing it, man. She really did. She was really, really, really good. That was my, that was my first time ever meeting Lily. It was. She's it was a rock awesome. star. Yep. Shout out. Yeah, Lily. I should a, get her like, on the podcast. Certified badass. Hell yeah, you should. I think she's actually moving to Charlotte. Oh yeah. Oh, that's sick. Um, yeah. I know that she's like trained with Cormac and all that. Um, but yeah, like, I think I want to say that Lily at last year, Southern came in f- like fourth or fifth. Like don't Something quote me like on that, that. but I it was super remember. high yeah, overall. No, like even with all, even with all the men, like she's freaking rock star. Yeah. Um, and just so dedicated to like, pre- like I was out working with, uh, her company on a training event. And like she worked busted ass all day. And then like we got back to the uh got back late to the shop and she was out there just freaking doing throw ball, just practicing. Yeah. You know, just just practicing. Uh dude, funny, know, yeah. funny story about her. She thought it was so funny um for my ascent. I've never done I'm going to do it this year, but I mm-hmm. for the open ascent, um I don't wait my line. I just don't like Okay. I, I was kind of bullheaded about it for the past couple of years of competed. I was like, I don't do this at work. So I'm not going to do it at a con, almost like a protest, but it's just <laughs> fucking myself and a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was like I'll show you. you <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. So she was asking me because she was like, uh, she was trying to put together her set of weights and like she needed um, some kind of uh, like a crawl or something oh, yeah. to clip on the rope. And she's like, what mm-hmm. do you, do you have one? I'm like, no. She's like, well, what are you weighting your rope with? And I was like, I'm not. And she's like, you're not waiting your rope. I was like, nah, man, I'm going straight. I'm raw dogging it. Like, <laughs> and she thought that was so funny. Like, she's like, here he goes. He's going to raw dog the rope. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she was really funny. good. She's a really cool, cool person. Yeah. But back to the important stuff, which is just shitting on Zach. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, fuck I him, was Zach. like, <laughs> I was like, dude, 
I'm like, I'm like, you're not even gonna come close to making masters. And he's right. like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, you don't think I'm a good climber? With what? I'm like, no, dude, you're an awesome climber, but this is a freaking tree climbing comp, and yeah, exactly. you've never done it. Yeah. Uh, so I think I told like I I was kind of egging him on. I'm like, you, I'm like, you should aim to try to get between like 15th and 20th place. If you can do that for yeah. your first comp, shoot from like, middle like, of the pretty, pack. Really yeah. honorable. Mm-hmm. And. He, He's not happy with me, so I think he's coming to Southern with a vengeance. So I, I'm hoping to make it this weekend. So me and Jonathan are actually, um, we've been training pretty hard mm-hmm. um, with Zach, of course. He's he's coming up. Um, I think we're going to try to put together a training this weekend, like running work climbs and everything. Just basically like giving Zach the basics of like, this yeah. is what it's going to be like. This is what, what to watch out for, like don't fuck up and do this like type type deal. So that should be at least good. At least till he's not going to go in like unknowing so, and, what yeah. to expect, you know, like have to, at least he'll be able to curb some of the hard learning curves that we all inevitably had to go through to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning. Oh, my, my first comp Southern was my first comp last, last year. And I made masters and I was like, no, God, right, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> It was fucking terrible. Man. I mean, it, 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 it was awesome, but like, that's yeah. the, I just wanted to have like a really chill day and like just learn a lot and, you know, be around all the people that I, I love and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, no, please don't not make me do this in front of everyone. <laughs> right. Dude, I, dude, last year at Southern, it was so fucking cold. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, it was so windy that. and cold. It was terrible. It was the like ball was terrible. Yeah, I was like, I'm in the Carolinas. Why is it so fucking cold right now? Yeah, no, that sucks. Here, hold your thought. One second. One second. I gotta, and I was like, yeah, yeah. One one second. I gotta plug my laptop in. You good? Okay, I'm back. What up? I had to fucking crawl under my desk like a cavern to plug in because I like knocked it loose with my foot. So are you and John also competing in Southern? Um, no, I'm not going to be competing in Southern this year. Okay. Because uh, I'm just trying to... So I'm in the Mid-Atlantic chapter. Mm-hmm. And this year, I'm really like shooting for gold. Like I'm going to... It's going to be fuck. I don't know. It's a toss-up. Like my chapter's got like... Just like Southern. Southern has a lot of mm-hmm. killers too. But the Mid-Atlantic chapter has a lot of killers. And I'm really yeah, going to like... Do. I'm going to like give it my uh best best effort and at first i was going to look at southern as like a Mm warm-up but i don't think i'm going to do that i I don't think i'm gonna i think i'm going to like save all my energy for the mid-atlantic chapter just stay training just stay training until like it's go time for the mid-atlantic chapter but i hope to get down there the southern to watch because i i want to watch zach and i want to I want to Heckle. throw things at him. Yeah. And like laugh at him. I want to get in his heat and just like totally get into his headspace. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Um, well, yeah. So if you, the Southerners in Chattanooga this year, and then mm-hmm. in the literally the following week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday is Arp Fest in Arp Nashville, Fest, which is only right. a few hours away. Yep. So you should make it. Shout out, shout out New Jersey crane experts, by the way. Hell yeah. Yeah. New Jersey crane experts and Noble Oaks is we're putting that on. So, and I'm going to be an instructor for at our fest for that, which is pretty freaking cool. So I'm super jazzed. It's going to be a party. That's going to be fucking sick, dude. 
you're going to be so hyped. You're going to be coming off of speaking at Southern and, yeah. and the whole competition and everything. You're going to push right into Arb Fest. Like, you got an exciting dope. couple weeks coming up, man. Yeah, like that? February. Like two months, right? Yeah, February, March, and April is like all friggin'. It's it's booking up really quick for me for with a lot of like conferences and stuff like that, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a whirlwind. Right. Fuck, man. I I'm like, so like, this is this is crazy. Um, there's a for for this for the Mid Atlantic Chapter competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been having these. Cra- I guess I'm like stressing about it. Uh, subconsciously, I've been having like actual fucking nightmares about this competition last night here's an example i called patrick my friend patrick uh fitch this morning and was like telling him about this this dream that i had and i was like i had a dream i was about to run the work climb Mm -hmm. just some arbitrary tree that i've never fucking been in in my life but like i got up there and my son was at the competition in my dream and he was like picking a fight with some kid or some shit on the ground and i like asked mm-hmm. the entry tech i'm like can i go down and like take care of my son he's like well your time hasn't started so go ahead so i went down and like got my son split apart from this other kid I got back up to the top of the tree like rung the horn and like started to go realize i wasn't wearing a hard hat <laughs> it's fucking crazy dude <laughs> And then I was like, whatever, I got to keep going. Like I already rung the, I already rung the horn. And I got like out to the pole saw station, uh, grabbed the pole saw, rung the bell and like went to like hang, hang the pole saw back up. And there was nowhere to hang the pole saw. And I was like, I can't find, like, I can't stow the gear. And like all the judges were just looking at me. They wouldn't tell me anything. <laughs> and like, I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck do I do? So I had to like fashion a way to like, tie the pole saw to my hip and like work the rest of the tree with the fucking pole saw on my hip because i didn't want to drop it and get disqualified it was terrible it was a fucking nightmare dude i don't know what's going on in my fucked up brain no dude i have stuff like that happens all the time where like i'll have i legitimately have dreams like that where like and i'm not even like that heavy into comp climbing but like i'll occasionally have dreams where like i like freaking drop my hands on like oh the judges don't just DQ me like they shame me like game of thrones is like shame shame that's hilarious that's exactly what it feels like in my dreams too i know exactly what you're talking about when i was asking like what do i do there's nowhere to hang the pole saw they just like they didn't say anything they just like looked at me like rolled their eyes and went to the clipboard yeah fucking little idiot figure it out like jesus christ like oh god i can't believe we even have to do this these guys am i right (laughs) (laughs) so chattanooga that's in that's in tennessee right yeah man i don't remember the last time it's been a long time since i've been to tennessee i think the last place i went in tennessee was um pigeon forge tennessee have you ever been there uh a long time ago it has like dolly world and shit yeah 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 Tennessee's actually pretty cool. And I always yeah. forget how freaking cool and beautiful it is mm-hmm. until I get there. And like, so I'm also a rock climber. There's some like fantastic rock climbing out in te- uh, Tennessee and Chattanooga, yeah. actually. I didn't know you rock climb. That's fucking so I'm, like, sick. Yeah. Uh, like super passionate about it. I travel the world. Like whenever I take a, a vacation somewhere, like it's always a rock climbing, like destination, like South Africa, Thailand, Moria, French Polynesia. That's fucking awesome. 
I've, yeah. I've, I've never, I mean, I've, I've rock climbed in gyms before, but I've never outdoor rock climbed in my life. It's oh, like, man. I'm like, I love the culture. I watch like, I'm so into the culture of rock climbing, but I don't fucking rock climb. I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm like a weird, <laughs> like a weirdo. I'm like a super fan of rock climbers and I don't fucking climb. Like, you just lurk in the background. Like, that's it. Like, like cheering the for the them. You just watch all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know you guys uh, experience some of the same <laughs> adrenaline that I do. You know, <laughs> you guys are my people. Dude, I man, need to, I, I need to rock climb because Jonathan rock climbs. He's rock climbed since he was a kid. And uh, we oh, built shit. this, uh, this, this super cool. We had, had such a good time on New Year's Eve. We built this crazy high line off of, uh, off of these cliffs way out into another tree and we were just zip lining all day i saw them. that it was so fun that was that, freaking dope it was uh i forget the name of that park he would yell at me right now because i've asked him the name of that park like 25 times already. <laughs> like it's like it's this i can't what is the name of that park it, it has a it has like a pretty famous um the whole you know it has cliffs everywhere every is it seneca like, no, it's um. The, I I remember the area where we did the highline off of. That climb New was River called Gorge? phone. It was called phone booth. Um, is it the, the New River fuck? Gorge? No, no, no. It's up in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, okay. Fuck. What the fuck is it? I don't know. I don't know. But it was sick. It was really sick. I had to send you a message of the name of the park because it's like a really cool place. Yeah, please do. We were looking at um. Uh, different places that we're gonna want to build a way longer high line the next time that we go up, mm-hmm. like thinking like a thousand foot, and just fucking zip line off of that would be really really cool. Dude, we should get like me, you, foot, and um Zach together and just do like a rock climbing trip or something. Like meet in the middle. Maybe I'm so like... fucking down. I'm yeah. so fucking down. Like, so one of the, the best sport climbing meccas in the world is in West Virginia. It's the New River Gorge. Yeah, right, right, right. Yes. And we, we could for sure meet there and just like make a camping trip out of it and go and have some fun. Right. And uh uh there's there's so many places. I, I love I love like the Fayetteville, that whole area is yeah. fucking beautiful, dude. I, I whitewater rafted Hell um, yeah. the upper gully uh, a couple years back and Chris Coates has a house down there. That, yeah. It's I fucking love that area. It's so sick, dude. And here's the freaking cool thing too: is uh, during the summer in at the new or the New River Gorge, Somerville Lake, which is like they they dam up the river so it gets water again, and then you just go deep water soloing. So you put your your rock climbing shoes on, you swim out, and then you just start rock climbing until you fall back into the water. And oh, it's that's fucking dope. sick. Yeah, and like it, it's absolutely freaking phenomenal. And like you get like 40, 50 feet up, and like. You get to think like you fall and you have to think for a few seconds before you hit the freaking water. I bet. Yeah. It's probably like freaky, right? It feels like counterintuitive to what you're used to, like top yeah. roping and shit, you know? Yo. Dude, um yeah, let's for real like plan that. That sounds fucking sick. I am yeah. so down to go down there. I'm super familiar with the area too. Like I'm 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 pumped. We can open it up too. To like the you know I don't know too many people where you guys are at but like the Charlotte climbers obviously the community here for Herbarist is like freaking awesome so we can open it up and make like a party out of it. Yeah, I know you guys got like such a good culture for climbing Arborist down there. Like we have it somewhat up here, but it's not as big as Charlotte's. Like Charlotte's like everybody knows a good climber in Charlotte. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like up here, um, I'm like right in, I'm in Bethesda actually, which is like DC basically. So we got like uh, me, my friend, Jason Anthony, Chris Coates is right down the road. Um, of course, Patrick, everybody, like they're mm-hmm. all, every, but everybody's like super spread apart here. Like we're not actually like all in the same city. You know what I mean? Like Charlotte's, yeah. Charlotte's fucking sick. Charlotte's got some crazy good climbers there. Yeah. Like I'm like 20 minutes away from Carney Welch, you know, if right, I think right. Cormac is right down the road from me. Sean Perry is 10 minutes away. Right. Or not Sean. She does say Sean Perry. Jesus. Jeff Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking lucky, lucky bastards. I wish I wish the whole world was just tree climbers, man. You know, <laughs> we're a pretty interesting breed. Like there's, there's never a dull moment. Like you're never going to have a boring life with a tree climber in the house for sure. (laughs) And like, that's the thing too, is like, uh, I get around. So my brother, my brother is, um, he's in his, what he just, by the way, shout out to my brother. Uh, it's his birthday today. Hey, it's my mom's birthday. (laughs) Yeah. He just, he just turned 23 today. Happy Um, birthday, dude. Yeah. Happy birthday, Colby. He probably won't listen to this. But this is getting exactly to my point. So he's like an electrician. That's what he's chosen to do. Mm -hmm. Like that is is his job field. So when I'm talking about trees and shit, that's like speaking French to him. And when I'm like, he like supports the competitions, whatever. He thinks that's really cool. But like I get together with some of my friends. Almost all my friends are tree people. And we start talking Mm -hmm. to that. And he gets so like annoyed about it like he's like just shut up oh you talk about a tree i will never get sick of talking about trees or tree war stories i want them all yep. i'll hear them all i don't give a fuck i like <laughs> i was over at jonathan's the other the other week and we we're like talking about trees and his wife god bless her i i love his wife Brittany, <laughs> but uh she was like shut the fuck up you guys have been talking about trees all <laughs> fucking day talk about something else <laughs> yo it's a uh, lucky luckily all my friends are either rock climbers or tree climbers so <laughs> they don't care i can talk about it however long i want some of the rock climbers are just like, I talk about tree stuff and they're like, I think I understand, but like, I don't. Right, and then right. when I talk to tree climbers about rock climbing, they're like, whoa, 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 you take 30 foot free falls? Are you crazy? <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was, just, it was a whipper. It was just a whipper. I was like a thousand feet off the deck. No big deal. Right, right. <laughs> I was, I was anchored. It's fine. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> And they just can't wrap. It's I love it. It's hilarious. I have an entire room in my house that's solely for gear. Like I have one room in the house that's for like mountaineering, ice climbing, rock climbing, aid climbing gear, and like mm-hmm. backpacking. And then another, my entire garage is all for my arborist gear. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's fucking kind of sick. So <laughs> it's cool that you do like each individual things because then you can compare different standards for different gear, right? Like oh, absolutely how we can't use anything like an arboriculture less than like 11 mil rope, but then you're taking mm-hmm. whippers on like eight mil fucking. Yeah, rope. dude. You know what I mean? I, like <laughs> it's wild. Like if I haven't rock climbed in a while and I go, and I go to freaking grab a dynamic eight mil, eight mil rope. I'm like mm-hmm. low key. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems <laughs> sketch, but it's like yeah. legit. Like you can, it just like goes to show you like 
that like i had a guy the other day um was messaging me about he seen one of my reels with the rope runner and he's mm -hmm. like what is that thing and he's like i come from he climbs like towers he's like, oh, I come yeah, from dude. tower climb he's like I, I like we usually just gregory up and down like what is mm -hmm. that so i was explaining to him and i was like He's like, man, I wonder if I could use something like that. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what standards you guys follow with climbing towers or whatever, but like, I don't know. Look it up. Fucking run it. Like, let's mix some gear up in the industries, right? you know? <laughs> well, it's super interesting, right? So like I have, I have a background in almost every ad height industry. Like I used to work on and train guys on cell phone towers and rope access. Like I'm Sprat certified. Mm -hmm. Um as well so like it's really interesting to be able to like, to like cross and compare and contrast the different at height industries and like what you can take from and use and what you can't um but yeah it gets pretty it gets pretty interesting being able to try to incorporate right. i don't see why they wouldn't be able to um because they, they have to be working off a double rope system like a legitimate double rope system so as long as they're backed up off their or dorsal D-ring, they could essentially tie that, I would think, to their chest D or in a like class, I want to say class two, if I'm thinking remember correctly, they could mm -hmm. attach it through a spreader bar at their waist. So their right. side D's. If it, I think so. I don't see why not. Like you get my brain working now. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> the only issue that that I could see that like in rope access that they would probably have with the rope runner and i don't know how to put this in like actual technical words so i'm going to say it the best that i know how is uh so there's a big issue about dragging tail with the rope runner which i i do mm. constantly and i've done since it's hit the market because but the it says not to do it because and it's they're right it if it's like weighted on the other end of the tail that you're dragging it disengages the bird which could lead to a mm -hmm. free fall out of the tree um so my only problem with that is that the rope runner or see the problem that they would have with it and like, you know, rope access is that the mm -hmm. bird being engaged is entirely dependent on the rest of the device, like being in a certain position instead of just being independently mm -hmm. able to engage no matter what, like have that bird be engaged and have it like half bent up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like a, um, yeah. Yeah, what's that one petzel backup system that's like rolls like ASAP? a slow cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the, ASAP, yeah. Exactly. Like if you're dragging tail or having it a weird bind, that I don't know. It's just to me, I feel like that they would have a problem with that because it is dependent on the rest of the device being in line with itself for that to actually engage. That could be. Mm -hmm. It'd be it'd be interesting. I'd have to freshen up on um the criteria mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i think that the um the tas love would probably be a good option for that yeah because like, i think the biggest issue in rope access with as far as your it's like you have to have almost shouldn't say have to but in many cases you have like an ascending device and then a descending device and you have to alternate between the two whether it's like a pencil id and a crawl a crawl to go up and a pencil id to come down unless right. it's more gear to look i, I agree to... i never understood that because then you got to do the changeover and uh, from mm -hmm. what i what i understand about it you know more than i do but like everything's backed up like it's so many redundancies in it so like there cannot be failure but like 
isn't that like adding a window for failure if you're switching device? You know what I mean? Like that you're switching from an ascent device to a descent device. Like, wouldn't you want one that does both? You know what I mean? Like a Grigri you think or something, so. you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you would think so, but the Grigri, the thing is too, is that there's too much deflection in the rope to be able to really ascend on it with mm-hmm. like, there would be so much friction ascending on that. Oh, unless yeah. you were unless you were jugging using in a, in a like a jug haul type of situation which we do in like rock climbing when you're mm-hmm. ascending stationary ropes but that even that is like super time consuming and kind of exhausting right yeah so the but taz like, the taz love I, I guess I, all the components taz. i would think so mm-hmm. which would make me happy because i just at this point can't really justify buying a taz love three <laughs> right for that one purpose of the open ascent event in, uh, in the competition. I really want one though, because they make it in purple and purple is my know. favorite color. I know. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm like, I want the purple one so yeah, bad. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's so freaking pretty. I just want it just to hang on my side. I ain't you know even going to use the fucking thing. I'm just going to hang yeah. it off my saddle. <laughs> I am a, like, I was going to say, use a bad word, but whatever. So, like, I love, like, the pink and purple gear just because it's so off-brand for me because I'm such, like, a tomboy and whatever. So, right. like, I just love bright, flashy stuff. So anything that's, like, the breast cancer DMM awareness stuff, like, I collect that almost, you know, um, I don't know what's the word, obsessively. Right, right. Like, I, I have, like, all the purples, the pinks and stuff. So, like, I just, I need this for my collection. Yes, exactly. Like, I'm the same way. I love pink and purple colorways of stuff because it's like for me specifically it's like what i do such like i feel you you probably don't feel like this but i feel so masculine doing this job field that it's almost like satirical that i'm like has this like floofy pink recoil lanyard you know hanging right you know what i mean like or i got like this crazy hot pink rope coming out of the tree that's what i love about it it's like breaking the the structure of like, look, you can have fun with this, this shit. One? It's not serious. Yeah, there you go. Yep. That <laughs> one. So freaking sick. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm the same way. Like at this point, I, I don't know. I make jokes with my friends and I'm like, I say, I'm like, I'm already so masculine. Like I need to do something to offset it because everyone already just assumes right out that I'm just a straight lesbian right out of the rip. <laughs> so like, I'm like, I need to do something feminine. <laughs> yes i'm like i'm over here collecting man cards you know just making guys look bad <laughs> <laughs> fucking dunking them, on you know them. it's just <laughs> it's just hard you know especially zach dude it's not hard to be better than zach he's yeah, gonna right? fucking so, die like, true story. That. he's gonna flip out <laughs> so him and i get into it all all the time and like i just like I don't beat around the bush. I'm a very kind of abrupt in your face kind of person. If I'm not, if I'm not training, right. Like obviously there's a different persona when I'm training, but with my friends, I'm like, I tell it how it is. There's no icing on it. And like, I rip on him for starting his saws all the time. <laughs> and, and like, he was like, whatever Meg leading up to me coming in, like contracting with Roche to do mm-hmm. like um, some training and then contract climbing. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm going to pull your man guard, man. Like, you have no idea how to start your saw. I was like, whatever, whatever. He had like, he was in the tree one day and he called me for something and he had to like pull it like 10 times to start it. And I'm like, oh, did you flood your chainsaw? Did you, did you need someone to help you? <laughs> and I get there and you know, you know how like protective this man is over like his 500 yeah. eyes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. 
And I freaking, I'm in the tree and I just rip it like first pull every time. And he's like muttering under his breath and he like pulled it like two or three times. And he, he was so upset about it. <laughs> I will tell you though, his fucking souls like rip so good that it like every time yeah. I use them, it makes me wonder what the fuck I've been doing with my life. Like seriously, the square filed on top of like being ported and like the timings adjusted and shit. Like they scream, they like scream yeah. through what he's got. This, um, I th I'm pretty sure it's a 462. His 500 mm -hmm. eyes, they're sick, like, mm -hmm. but he knows, he knows hearing this, he's probably smiling right now. He has this 462. <laughs> I fucking love that saw. I have like begged him for that saw. I'm like, please. <laughs> Like you don't even use it that much, dude. Just like sell it to me or something. That's all. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, the 500 eyes impress, you know, it's impressive, but like I'm expecting the 500 eye to rip. Like a 462 yeah. is like a good running saw, but the way he's got this thing running, it's like that is no 462. That's a fucking demon. Like that thing is ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Like I, I love it. I love that saw specifically that he has. And one of these days I will have it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll go in on it with you if you want, because oh, I was yeah. genuinely, truly impressed at how meticulous that dude keeps his saws and how fantastic they run. Oh, he's like between eight. all the mods and stuff like that. Like it's brilliant. Yeah. He's like, he's like crazy OCD with it. Like total opposite of me. I'm just like tossing shit. Dude, one time right. I was up there with a Roche and I fucking left my top handle up there. And like I didn't realize it till like a week later. I was like, "Dude, is my saw in your truck?" He's like, "Yeah." I was wondering how long it was going to take you to ask. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like the total opposite with my shit. I wish I was like as structured as he is about his saws, about anything. Fuck. Yeah, I'd be so much farther ahead in life. But fuck dude, you, Zach. Yeah, dude's compulsive about it. It's a little concerning. Yeah, it is a little concerning. I mean, I guess if I didn't have a life outside of that, that I'd probably be that like, compulsive too. But you know, we have hobbies. We should just rob his ass. You know what I mean? What I mean, he's he short. Then? He can't run that fast. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fuck with him for being short a lot. Short little king. Yeah. Short kings need love too, man. You know? Poor guy. Oh, man. He's going to have to have an, another episode, just you and him, so he can just, you know, redeem himself. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. We just had the that you should listen to the one that we just put up um right before New Year's. It's me, him, Jonathan, and Patrick, and it's pretty much just a roast fest the entire time. Like the whole. I did listen to it, man. I posted it all over socials. It was freaking. Uh, that yeah, was hilarious. Did you like it? I. It was such a good one. I looked dumb. I was I was working on the gym while, as I was listening to it, and I was just yeah. like cracking up, and people were like, "What the hell's <laughs> wrong with this chick?" <laughs> yeah fucking oh uh, what that was, was the one. what was the joke then i remember oh oh it's just zach taking really small pieces because yeah, uh, yeah yeah zach rigs really small that was the joke i forgot <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to zach for rigging really fucking small dude like being safe about it you know <laughs> but dude this has been this has been a good podcast, Meg. Do you, oh before yeah, I fucking man. go, how do you say your last name? <laughs> so um it's Banowski, the J is silent. Banowski? Mm-hmm. 
Oh shit. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. I no, what, it's what great, like, great. like no one, I don't it's Polish. It's Polish? Oh, okay. Yeah. So so my uh my my uh guy used to work with me when I had my tree service. His he was mm-hmm. Polish. Um his last name is Zyokowski. Damn. Yeah, it's like a fucking 10 mile long last name. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't even know how to spell it. I have no idea. You couldn't pay me to spell his last name. I have no fucking, fucking no. the whole damn alphabet's in there. I don't know how to do it. Um, yeah, I'm convinced that Polish people just like th- they're like, all right, your last <laughs> name's gonna be Banowski, and they just take letters and they throw it against the wall and whatever sticks, they're like, all right, but that's how we're spelling it. Right, that's that's it. That's how <laughs> we spell Banowski. <laughs> that's that's what's funny. happening. It's really funny. <laughs> so Meg, you want to shout some shit out? You want to shout out your your Instagram? Hell yeah. Uh, well, if you enjoy this podcast, thank you for having me on. Uh, go check me out uh, on Instagram and TikTok. It's uh, chainsaw underscore Meg. And if you're ever interested in any sort of training opportunity, speaking events, leadership development, and anything that relates to tree care, hit me up at Upward Training. And the website for that is upward-training.com. Uh really had a great time talking to Levi. So I'd love to do some training for anyone listening. Um, and potentially maybe we can do a collab at some point. Levi. Heck yeah. No, I'm fucking down as shit for that. I would, I would totally be down for that to like, I said, um, like that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to move my career towards in general is, is more of a, a training mm-hmm. front. I just find it like, it may not be like the money may not be as good as production climbing, obviously, and especially contractually, but like, it's more sustainable for me. Like I just feel better. Right. Like I've fucking, I've production climbed long enough. Damn it. You know, like (laughs) that's just how I see it. It's like, dude, I could knock on fucking wood, man, but I could, I could die tomorrow. Somebody else is going to go do those trees. You know what I mean? But but if I did die right. tomorrow and I train somebody, that's going to last. That's like more sustainable. That's like something I can offer now. You know what I mean? 100%. And like, I can't even begin to tell you how rewarding it is to have like the first time someone comes up to you and they're, or like calls you or texts you, whatever it is. And they're like, hey, that thing that you taught me a month ago, a year ago, whatever, it saved my life. Or like it, it got me out of this situation that could have been really bad. And I just wanted to like tell you that. That makes everything worth it right there. Just in- immediately. Right. Well, shit, dude. Let's fucking wrap this thing up. You want to tell people bye? Hell yeah, man. It's been fun. Had a great time. Hope to see everyone in person. Maybe at some conferences or something like that. Like, yeah, look Stay safe Meg out there, and, man. Uh, look for Meg at the, the Southern comp and like message her profusively and beg her to compete <laughs> this year. She needs to compete. Right. <laughs> All right, Meg. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and thanks for talking shit with me. And this was fun. Anytime, man. Let's do it again. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you enjoy all episodes. Actually, it's kind of a stupid thing to say. Uh she already shouted out her socials, but you can follow her over on Instagram at chainsaw underscore Meg. And if you're looking to have some training done, um, 
I'm not sure if she does like personal one-on-one training. You could ask her though. Like it doesn't hurt to ask. Or if you're a tree company, hit her up. She owns Upward Training. Um, and as always, you can follow me over on Instagram at underscore tree by. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed this. And I hope this year in 2023, we get a lot more interviews and a lot more stuff done with this podcast. You guys seem to really like it and support it, uh, which is crazy to me because it's just me talking shit. And I sound goofy most of the time, but whatever. You guys seem to like it. So let's keep it up, keep it rolling, and I'll see you in the next one.